Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Freed Man Podcast, another very special episode. Uh, firstly, before we introduce our very special guest, Phil, Adam, great to have you back with us. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Pleasure to be here. Still in lockdown, but uh, doing our best. And, and and in my case, really looking forward to uh, being guided through lockdown uh, by a craft beer aficionado because we're definitely, after five weeks, heading into the becoming an alcoholic zone of lockdown. Uh, so strap in. <laughs> so you've, 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 you've given away the secret. Uh, yeah, it, it's my pleasure to uh, welcome our special guest for this week. It is Matt Brown. The, are, you the, are you the founder or are you the administrator? Are you... Uh, El Presidente of the Craft Brew Crew uh, Facebook page. What, what's your title, my friend? Craft, yeah, Craft. I clicked the Create Group button on Craft Beer Crew. <laughs> um, so, yes, <laughs> founder, administrator, all of the above. <laughs> that's it. Listen, that's, sometimes that's the biggest step, you know. Sometimes actually uh, stepping forward and pushing create a group is, is the number, is the hardest thing to do. So, muzzles. Phil, what were you going to say, buddy? I think we should refer to him as the dear leader. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is the North Korean part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, so Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Um, look, we're gonna we're gonna ask you a few questions about about craft beer because, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, it's become a bit of an obsession of not just myself, but I think Phil and Adzo as well. I, I've I've happily put my head, hand up and said I'm now addicted and 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 couldn't be happier. Um, but really excited about this conversation. But before we um, before we carry on, um, I'm going to intro the beer that you suggested that we drink uh, this week, um, and it ended up me yeah. doing an essential, and I and I and I make that important, an essential run to uh, Bucket Boys in uh, in Marrickville <laughs> <laughs> to pick up a, um, to pick up a Deeds Brewing uh, no ticket. Hazy uh, was it is a, a double IPA D IPA. Yep. Deepa, yeah, double IPA. Deepa. Um, so that's what we're drinking tonight, and and I will confess that I I have this little thing now. Um, used to, used to be like once or twice a week, and now apparently it's a nightly thing where I uh, open up a, a craft brew or two, let it just you know let the air come into it, let take in the aromas, pour it into my drinking glass, and uh, let it sit for a while. So I've already opened mine, and uh, and and it, and I'm ready for drinking. You've let it breathe. That's good. I've let it yeah. breathe. I treat craft beer Did like you decant it. I've decanted it. That's what I feel like I've done. Um, does anyone? <laughs> does anyone have one that they can actually open for the sound effects on air? All right, I got one. Here we go. Ready? Okay. And oh yeah, mate. Put that in the can. That, that's just brilliant. That's like lovely. I'm, I'm sitting here with an open beer. And that sound still aroused me. <laughs> so and you know what? You open it, and straight away you you're slapped by the, the the smell coming out of that. It's such a rich smell. I haven't That's even had it. a sip yet, but I'm really excited about this one. I got to say. Well, let's That's hand it, it to our guest, Matt. Matt, tell us everything about this beer and why you chose it. Uh, well, honestly, I chose it because what I had in the fridge. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you like you said uh, you like hazies. The deeds uh, does some bloody good hazies. I haven't tried this beer before myself. Oh, great! Okay. Um, so it's an adventure for all of us here. Ah, okay. I um. So here's the thing. I thought when you suggested this, I thought that this was like you got to go out and try this. I 
you know what? You're a clever man, Matt. I, I, um, that's something I would have done. It's like, hey, why'd you pick that? People think it's some sort of elaborate reason. Oh, it's the hops and it's the way they brew it. Oh, no, it's just something I had in my fridge already. Yeah. Um, and we're all going on this journey together, mate. Yeah. We're all, it's a little adventure of discovery. <laughs> and the best beer is the one you haven't tried. Um, yeah. The next one that you're going to have, the tastes. I mean, if you look on the can, Simcoe, El Dorado, Azaka, Azaka Cryo. I know of those hops. I don't know what they do. Um, yeah, I know some of those but, words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I do know that these guys make a bloody good beer. Mm. So it was pretty safe to go, hey, have a D-Tazy. So, Matt, um, so when I went there uh, on my essential run on Saturday, and um, I, so my wife works on Saturdays, so I do try and keep my kids out of the house as much as possible. And I, um, I, I had my two sons, who are six and four, come into the store with me. Um, and uh, I spent a bit of time That's in there. That's great and, training. Uh, <laughs> he's getting used. To, they're getting used to it at an early age. And JP, uh, who was working there, um, asked me if I needed any help. Now I did not know who JP was at the time. So I told him, you know, do it, I do a podcast, and um, we've got uh, Matt, the, the 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 founder of the Craft Brew Crew uh, Facebook uh, community, um, had suggested this drink, and uh, JP said he knew you, Matt, and that you were actually his best customer. Is that true? <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know if I'm his best customer. Jeez, I mean, there's a lot of people that spend a hell of a lot of money here. I mean, the thing with craft beer is you're paying, you're not paying for $2.50 lagers or yeah. easy to drink beers. I mean, this can, I think, was 12, 15 bucks, if I remember correctly. As I bought it a few weeks ago. Something like that, um, yeah. And people buy, spend that much money on six packs of. Forex and to his gold. So you're not paying to get pissed. You're not paying to um, to just have a beer. You're paying for taste. Mm. Um, and craft beer is definitely turning that, um, having a little bit more flavours and almost testing Bloomingthal in some cases, some beers mm. that aren't, Love that it. shouldn't exist, um, and some beers that are just, Absolutely amazing. Like this, it's eight percent alcohol, and you're yeah. drinking it, and it doesn't taste eight percent. No, it's very easy drinking. Yeah, but it's got so many flavors in it. You can sit here and just sip it, and it's like almost a tropical cocktail. You're not going to be belted down, are you? Yeah. So I think what I'm what I'm getting the sense of here, Tristan, is that um, while indeed Matt is a beloved customer of Bucket Boys. This is a bit of a band traveling from city to city situation where it's not that they don't love Brisbane. It's just that when they see (laughs) Brisbane, they're claiming that Brisbane is the greatest. And when they see Sydney, they're claiming that Sydney is the greatest. I mean, they love them all, but there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of fuckery going on. We heard they rocked in Shelbyville. (laughs) So true. So that's 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 the sense. There's there's obviously a lot of love for Matt, but it's the and you're my favorite customer. He said <laughs> seventeen customers a day. JP had no reason to to say that. We we had a nice conversation. He he also was concerned about my children's ability to climb their stairs to uh, what's considered a dangerous part of the uh, of the um, of the brewery or the the bar upstairs, whatever it is. That I upstairs. I love that upstairs bar. I never got to see it, but apparently my children were going there. Can I say also that if you're dealing with somebody that's uh, that's heading up the craft beer crew online, there's a fair chance they might actually be your best customer. So let's not completely disregard that either. 
Uh, and and it, look, as probably what happened to you, uh, Tristan, when you went there, I mean, you didn't just buy this, did you? JP's got a knack of, you walk in there, I'm going to buy one beer, and you walk out with a couple of six-packs. You go, hang on, how did I spend $200? <laughs> Am I that transparent? <laughs> his, his wallet. His wallet extraction capabilities are very high by the sound <laughs> Actually, of it. to be fair, I was actually fairly, uh, also because I got my children, I couldn't carry too many, um, but I, I, was fairly, <laughs> I was fairly restrained. Uh, I do have, there is, I have to say, there is a, a, a really good um, a bottle, or, bottle store here. I'm, I'm in Randwick up at uh, the spot called the Spot Cellars, and um, they've got a, a really good selection and, and they're getting in um, new brews every day. So, and, and they're, they're also loving their craft, loving their craft beer at the moment. So it, it, it's, it is a fun uh, trend and, you know, craft beer has become um, this journey of taste and smell. And I am really enjoying the fact that I, I might be spending a decent amount of money. If you look at it, a per can uh, a factor, but it's not about, as you said, getting wasted and drinking as much as you can. It's about savoring and just really enjoying the creativity out there. And, you know, there is just still, we're still so at the beginning of our craft beer journey, like Adam, Phil and myself that, you know, I thought when we started talking about, when, so when we created this podcast, we, we, we thought we'd have one segment, which was about trying different drinks. And that involved me bringing an alcoholic yogurt Korean drink once. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to an episode. Oh, and, oh uh, Jesus, I'll have to listen to that episode. <laughs> and uh, we still talk and about it. one day, Tristan, I will forgive you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think our first drink Not that we actually time. had were, um, what were they, Adzo? Picklebacks was the first Picklebacks, thing we ever. yeah. yeah. Shot, shot of whiskey followed by a shot of pickle brine. Um, we also, I brought Mezcal in on one of the nights. I think since then we've really refined ourselves back to just trying beer or occasionally cider. Um, but I, what, what I do like is uh, through this journey, and I've made the, the, this joke before where we talk about, oh, yeah, I'm picking up a vanilla milkshake and Vindaloo IPA. But the thing is, there really is so much variety out there. You, you should be careful what you wish for. You could find oh, honestly anything. Yeah. And, and look, uh, I'll be the first for a bit. Not all of it is good. No. Um, there, are some, <laughs> there are some horrendous stuff out there and some things that I have and I this is disgusting and someone else loves it. That's the beauty of craft beer in everyone's tastes. I've got friends that love Tui's Extra Dry. Well, I haven't, you know, I, I don't enjoy this at all. Yep. There's nothing wrong with the Tui's Extra Dry for them. That's absolutely fine. And speaking of different tastes, uh, what do you guys think of this beer? What, what, what are you smelling? What are you tasting? This is what the tasting of a beer is. So that's actually, um, that's actually a good a good point. So when you asked that question, I, I actually was with my uncle yesterday. I went for a walk around Centennial Park, and we were talking about um, we we're talking about the rise of the craft beer scene, and, and we were talking about also you know the the you know people who smell and detect uh, different scents in wine. And one thing that I've noticed about the, the the page, what I really love about about your community is the, the descriptions of the beers that everyone has. We were the conversation that my uncle and I were ha were having was about you know it's not just about detecting the smells that you get from a or the aromas you get from a drink, but it's also the ability to describe it. And I have to say, I'm terrible at that. It's not a skill set that I have. So uh, Adam is better. Adam and Phil are infinitely better than I am. Um, but it's 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 not a skill that I have. But I, I do appreciate it and admire it. So I'm my, I guess that's my easy way of saying I'm not going first. 
So I'm I'm throwing yeah. there. <laughs> that, that, that's fine, Tristan. If it, I'll I'll jump in with you know immediately, there's an appreciation for an Indiana Jones reference. That's the first off the bat. So I, I didn't want to let that one slide. <laughs> but um, yes, I'm definitely getting you know a good flavor of hops through there. It's got a a certain thickness. It's got a beautiful richness. Now I'm not at the point in my life where I could pick the difference between an El Dorado or an Azaka hops. Um, I think it's fascinating that they're even mentioned on the can, and I'm I'm loving this side of the uh, the craft beer journey where because I, I come from a, a background of a, a lot more wine drinking and also um, a bit more uh, seriously a lot more uh, Scotch drinking where I'll talk about various qualities in a in a in a whiskey, um, but I'm loving that this is becoming part of beer drinking now where you actually mm. can break it down into wow the different varieties of hops and you know r- recently we looked at the uh, the bitterness. Uh, was it the IBU, the International Bitterness bitterness Units in a beer. And uh, we're like, well, this is really bitter. It's like, oh, it says right here on the can how many IBUs there are. It's like, well, this is a fascinating new way to experience beer. Uh, So lacking lacking some of the words, uh, I guess I would say I'm, I'm... genuinely enjoying this beer i do love the the richness and the creaminess to it i'm certainly finding myself leaning towards hazies more and more these days i had a wonderful Mm. one from batch last week that i've really enjoyed it's got the the color of spoiled milk but uh it's got a a rich creaminess that i just adore so yeah really really enjoying this one so far and the the hazies i think are really taking off in australia because they're ridiculously easy to drink yeah um, the old beer styles were as bitter as you could get, mm. um, and I didn't really enjoy that. Um, this is just tropical, nice aromas, and just when you sit and think about it, it's really complex. Yeah, um, it's easy drinking yet when you sit and think, go, hang on, I mm. taste these citrus flavors and stuff in there as well. Um, and with the side of the can, it has El Dorado and Simcoe. I'm kind of equating that to Grape varieties in wine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What like I was Vigello, Shiraz. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and one of the things I really like is um, you know Adzo talking about um, rich and creamy things in his mouth as he's wont to do. <laughs> um, that's and, that's uh, Phil, by the way. That's what Phil does. So yeah. That's, that's so I, and, but what I what I really love is that you guys are talking about like equating this to like fine wine, and I can see that it's like you know beer's been on this this expansive adventure of, of creating all these different flavors and whatnot. And yet I close my eyes and I take a sip of this thing and it tastes like a spiked high school tropical punch to me. Uh, oh yeah. It basically yeah. like you're at, you're at a high school party. There's a, there's yep. a tropical punch. Somebody has slipped half a bottle of vodka in there and that's about <laughs> the flavor. Um, yep, and, I get- and not, and not expensive vodka. So we're clear. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not complaining about that, but that's the that's the vibe I'm getting out of this beer. Uh, while so I'm enjoying it and I'm getting nostalgia, so you know, <laughs> it's all coming together. Uh, I I think tasting it that's really eloquent. Actually, it does taste like a spiked tropical vodka. Yeah, um, it's got some definite, yeah, definite tropical notes there. I'm thinking pineapple and mango myself, but um, but, but the alcohol is it? The alcohol is there. Is there? It's. Not in your face, but it's mm. not hidden as well. It's 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 definitely present in the aftertaste, and uh, the best part is, you know, I'm closing my eyes. I grew up on Bribie Island. I could almost I could almost hear the ocean, not because of the beer, but because of the nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get in a punch on on the beach. 
<laughs> so, so Matt, how how I mean, you've probably drunk more hazies than we have. Where does this rank for you in in your um, list of hazies? Um, I mean, this is up there. It's not one of the most amazing hazies I've had, um, but it's definitely not the worst. It's uh, I think really really good hazies hide the alcohol ridiculously well. Mm, mm, um, mm. If you have so Mountain Culture in Katoomba have been doing some insane beers, and you have it, and you're like, oh, this is just orange juice. Mm. Almost, but with with the body of a beer, uh, and then you look at it, and holy shit, this is twelve percent. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. shit, I'm shit faced. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and you're like, can I have another one? And then you fall over. Um, <laughs> but beer is such a wide. When someone says I don't like beer, I, I find that a little bit hard sometimes and I don't want to be that guy to say, what do you mean you don't like beer? You must find like beer. But you have beers from watermelon Warhead, which is two and a half percent made out of thousands and thousands of bloody watermelons. Yeah. Which is a, a salty goser. <laughs> to beers brewed and aged in whiskey barrels for twenty four months and then transferred over to bourbon barrels for another twelve months and then bottle conditioned and then sold for a hundred and uh, $190 a bottle. Yeah. And it, you drink it, and you, hang on, why would you pay $190? And you drink it, and you go, holy <laughs> shit, this is amazing. Um, Man, I th- thought Tristan's craft beer game was good. This is next level. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I, I sort of understand what you're saying there, Matt, which is like, I think there's a lot of people who say they don't like beer who probably made that decision back in the era when your choices were new or extra dry. Yeah, yeah. they've um, had a Carlton Cold and go, this isn't for me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, fair enough. Every single one of us that has ever had a Carlton Cold has said, "This isn't for me." <laughs> uh, when I turned eighteen, I had my first beer. It was a Twoies, yeah, and I absolutely we... hated it. And I didn't drink another beer until I was twenty-one. Is it a Twoies um, red or a, an extra dry? Or I, a new I, or... I don't know. I'm not too old now. Um, but when I, I went to a place called Red Oak in uh, Sydney City, oh yeah, no Red Oak. Had, yeah, they had a beer called a raspberry framboise. And I went, what the hell is this? I like raspberries. Mm. I'll give this a go. And my mind was blown of, holy shit, how could it be taste like this? It doesn't taste like a beer, yeah, but it kind of does at the same time. Um, and now you can have beers that taste like curries, you know, mm. beers with chocolate mint. Well, what did we have? We had the nori roll IPA. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's not an example of something good that people would like, Adzo, but they did. That um, one was enough that, about that was pure <laughs> disgusting. But enough about beers that taste like a Japanese restaurant bathroom. <laughs> that's, that's how we described it, Matt. Um, no, I mean, I mean that, but that, look, that is that's that's why we're here today, and that is why um, we are seeing you know microbreweries and craft beer you know houses pop up left right and center and that's why it's a really exciting time for the industry but also for for fans of 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 this of this new industry like us who you know like a good drink and and it's funny being in lockdown as we are right now one of the one of the silver linings of lockdowns is that you know you are home a lot and you know because you have these warped hours of working one of my sort of little fun things now is that you know kids go to bed and i get in front of the computer and instead of you know having a drink six or seven you know two is new or vvs or whatever it might be i'm opening maybe one two all right let's say maybe three of these uh you know decent 
decently priced uh, craft beers. It's not exactly the, the cheapest hobby, but I'm savoring and enjoying it, you know, whereas in the past it would probably be, you know, maybe a, a whiskey or it would probably be a bottle of wine yeah. that you sort of sip. Mm. But now you, you can open the fridge up and you go, oh, what do I feel like tonight? Do I feel like a hazy? Do I feel like a, uh, do I feel like an XPA? Do I feel like a stout? Do I feel like a porter? I mean, I had, I reviewed two weeks ago, we, we did, you know, a, a review and I did, I had the, my first ever um, whiskey barrel, aged uh imperial stout and it, and it blew my dick off i mean it was just yeah. unbelievable i'd never i'd never tasted anything like that and that was a recommendation from the spot sellers and just you just got to try this and i was converted i you guys remember i was in heaven yeah well i think you know phil seemed to come into this with a bit more of a background in craft beers but both you and i came in going well you know there's a lot out there but i don't really know what i even like or i don't like yet and it's been that, you know, over the last 12 months since we've been doing this podcast, it's been for both of us a bit of a journey. I found myself when I was sitting sitting down to dinner and, you know, poured myself a glass of wine. I was thinking, geez, I wouldn't mind just cracking open one of those beers Tristan brought around on the weekend, but I have to save them for the review because that's really <laughs> what I wanted because there's you know, so much going on with that. Uh, it really has brought a new appreciation. It's great. You know, you know, Marrickville's only a five-minute drive from your house, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's dangerous. Yeah, Adzo's in a good spot. Um, and I think a, a, a question comes to mind around Hazy specifically, Matt, because you'd, be, you'd mm-hmm. be watching the kind of flow of, yeah. of trends and whatnot. When when did Haze kick off? Because I, I just know at a certain point my newsfeed was awash with Haze Bros mm. memes. Um, <laughs> but I presume the love of Haze kicked off some you know months or even a year before before you know something's got to be around for a while before it becomes a meme, right? Well. The beer, so you've got to remember, I'm in social media on beer, so memes hit things pretty quickly, mm. um, especially on the craft beer crew when people go, oh, um, look at this latest fad. Um, so hazies have been around for a bit. They were, they're often called New England IPAs because they were made in the New England region of America, I think. Uh, I'm no expert in this, but the yeast that's brewed or one of the yeasts that makes New England IPAs is really great for Australia because it copes really well with wild temperature uh, temperature fluctuations. Mm. Um, so typically when you make a beer, you have uh, malt, that's sugary malt, you add yeast to it. And if you're making a lager, it has to be really, really cold, like 10 degrees or lower. Mm. If you're making an ale, it has to be 20, 25 degrees at safe. But then there's this Quebec yeast um, that you'll see uh, that can range, it'll be fine up to like 50 degrees or so, um, and anything in between. Um, it's really, really easy to use yeast in Australia. And this style of beer is kind of made for Australia, in my opinion. It's easy drinking, hot summer's day. This is just refreshing. See, what I'm, what I'm hearing now is anywhere up to 50 degrees, I'm like, they can finally put a brewery at Ayers Rock. <laughs> Strap in, gentlemen. <laughs> the, the trends around craft beer are all weird and wonderful out there at the moment. I think one of the biggest trends that are happening at the moment is alcohol freebie, which mm. I did not expect happening at all, but it's taking off. And Really? I have, yeah. Um, okay. I, it's not to my tastes, but I'm seeing alcohol free specific breweries starting to pop up all over the shop. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you, um, it's, it's funny, that's, that's two things that are that kind of intertwined into one. I was going to ask you uh, what you think is next for the for the uh, craft beer 
you know, industry and, 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 and what's happening out there. But um, to your point about non-alcoholic beer, speaking with my uncle as well, he was talking about how, you know, he's been enjoying a few uh, non-alcoholic beers. I, I have to say I've, I've tried a couple I think they taste like poison, uh, and that's not that's not that's not to say that you know it's you know I'm trying to be a man and say it just doesn't taste like you know I actually genuinely don't think they what I've tasted so far doesn't mm. taste like beer to me. Um, but it's sort of like you know, it's it's got a real beer flavored water vibe most of them. But I've heard I've heard there's some better ones coming through. Like you remember Tristan the 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 podcast where we got really shit faced early days. Uh, you brought along the Heineken, the uh, Heineken yes. zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You picked up um, at a service station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, and, maybe and, not that one. Maybe don't make <laughs> that the benchmark, mate. <laughs> well, and as you may recall, I gave that a four point nine because it was the closest thing to Seems straight to water. water we'd had, yeah. um, <laughs> and the only thing that's a pure five out of five is water. So, mm. um, you know, it is. It's uh, you did good there, Tristan, but the beer itself was atrocious. And I've got a few mates in Hospo, and what's uh, what's becoming quite apparent is when people go up to a bar and they're not feeling like getting shit-faced, they can order an alcohol-free beer without telling the rest of the group, yeah. have a schooner of alcohol-free beer and not get the bro culture of, oh, what are you drinking, uh, cult thing out there and pretend yeah. they're just drinking a beer or not get pressured to Yeah, good point. It's, it's funny something. that that culture hasn't changed because that used to be my trick. I'd actually ask for a, a Coca-Cola and a short glass. Yeah. You know, if I was like, I'm, do- I'm done drinking, I can't nice. do another one. Everyone, it's like, go on, mate, go get another one. It's like, all right, I'll go get a bourbon. And you come back with a Coke and a short glass and like everyone just, you know, yeah. it's nothing. It's funny. It's funny that you feel you have to do that. Like we talk about on this podcast about redefining or defining masculinity and the fact that we still feel that pressure from your mates <laughs> to go, go get another drink, son. Um, but yeah, funny that's, you know, I'm 40 now. I don't give a shit what people think of me, but, uh, 20 years ago, or, or if I was 20 now, maybe I would be sneaking up for an alcohol free beer. That works for, um, that works when you're, when you're, when you're trying to be a man in front of, uh, you know, trying to, trying to show your masculinity in front of your mates. It's a bit of an opposite effect when you're doing it with, when, when you do the same effect with a woman that you're trying to pick up at the bar and you're just pretending to drink a drink and you're just getting her <laughs> absolutely hammered. Then it comes off a little rapey. Yeah, it's a little creepy, mate. It's a little creepy. Don't, don't, don't do that one. It's pretty. It's pretty creepy that your mind went straight there, Tristan. But uh, I think I think what we didn't really articulate to the listeners on day one that we were redefining how to pretend to be masculine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good definition. Uh, pretending to drink when we, when we drink. How do we? How do we weasel around it? Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt anyway. was there one? Um, was there one specific beer that you know? you know, that sort of got you into the scene or that just sort of was the, oh, shit, this is this shit's for real? Uh, well, that would have been that ra- the Red Oak Raspberry yeah. Framboise. Yeah, fair um, enough. But that uh, was that was, that was a while back though, right? I mean, Framboise. And that actually goes Framboire. into, we're going we're gonna to have a bit of a conversation uh, just in a minute about our, our sort of um, top three bits. I'm, I'm actually going to elaborate on, on that point as well that you brought up. But I, I still see that as slightly removed from from the, the, the trend that we're seeing recently. Um, like for me, I'd probably say, and you know, the boys will know this, you know, when we started reviewing beers and drinks, it was all fun. Then you, you remember, you know, you guys know when it turned, you brought over, I think it was a, a Bolter's Hazy Adzo. And, yeah. uh, and at first you guys remember at first, when we first started drinking, I was it. like, this is cod shit. What is this bullshit? <laughs> and by the end of the, the, the segment, I was in love with it. And now you guys say I'm out of control. I'm a haze. I'm a haze, haze machine. Haze bro. Yeah, yeah. From the beginning of a podcast to the end of a podcast, we watched 
a person transform into a haze, bro. We saw what happened. And, you know, there's this whole thing with cats. I don't know if you know this, but cats have got like this pheromone or, or a chemical that they spray into the air basically that um, – or it's a parasite. I can't remember. It's something that they transfer to humans that then is in your system that manipulates your nervous system into loving the cat. Yeah, and it's I toxic think, plas. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And I and I have a feeling that in fact um, <laughs> the hazies contain that pheromone. <laughs> and, uh, and and so by the time you're like, oh my god, I hate cats, and then you spent you know you you spent an hour and a half with the hazy, and you're like, must have hazy. <laughs> that's valid. That's absolutely valid. Um, so was there one more recently that look? Okay, so let's let's talk about the craft beer crew. Um, yeah. um, Facebook community, and also like who who yeah. I, I know that there's some other people that obviously probably help administer the site. So are there other people that yeah. you that you chat with regularly. Like, why did you start it, and and um, and how's how's it evolved? So in Sydney, about ten fifteen years ago, there was like one or two craft beer bars, uh, yeah. and I would get off work working in the city and go to one of these bars, and there's was kind of like a small Sydney community that was happening. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the bar and they say, hey, Matt, you, you've just missed Brad or Adrian or whoever. And I, I went, okay, I'll go to another bar and catch up with them another time. And we'd always just miss each other. So, okay, let's get our shit together and organise our stuff. But, hey, let's meet up this bar or this bar. Because it was like there was the local, Bitter Few and Royal Albert were the main bars at the time. Mm. And they're all within walking distance of each other. Um, and... Having these beers, it's funner to drink with people than by yourself. So I created a Facebook page and I left it as open. Okay. Like, if anyone else wants to start joining uh, joining us to have a beer, we can have a beer together. So it started with five people, then 10, 20, 30, 40, 1,000, 3,000. <laughs> um, and we, towards the end of it, we got up to 16,000 people. Get out. Uh, as part of the community. And I was just like, holy shit, like. It's turned into a, a social community of celebrating beer. Yeah. Unfortunately, Facebook uh, advised that we were breaching community standards and shut down the group. So it's, re- it's restarted again with 1,500 people and slowly growing. Um, that's a separate story. Uh, mm. But that's why the group started. It's a social – and every 1,000 members, we have an event. Oh, so great. we either ha- meet up at a bar or we have a bottle share together where people – bring insane bottles of beer to share amongst each other, or we do a pub crawl. Well, you're at 1,982 at the moment, mate, so you are 18 off another big event. So yes. I'm glad I'm a our old big event to plan as well. <laughs> Stra- strap in, gentlemen. Um, that's awesome. The, that's really cool that the group yeah. itself wasn't just, hey, let's get a bunch of people on the internet kind of reviewing beers, but that there's a real-world purpose for it. And an yeah. organic growth that I, that I really appreciate. I think it's just, you know... Congratulations. Well, t- talking about that, Phil, congratulations, Matt. I don't know if you saw. They actually already had their um, 2,000-person party event. I don't know if you saw the news on Saturday, um, but they started, <laughs> um, they started marching yeah, towards man. Town Hall and, it, you know, fire dancing. <laughs> um, someone punched a horse. Um, and that yeah, was that's one of the new cr- ingredients. For, there's a new beer coming out where um, it's brewed with the saliva of a horse. <laughs> so that wasn't a punch of a horse. It was getting ingredients. Yeah, he, was just, he was just milking the horse for saliva. There you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure Behemoth would have already put one out just based on cultural references. Listen, I bet yeah, you. Like, oh, yeah, hundred percent. The Horse Puncher. Yeah, <laughs> the Horse Puncher IPA. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that is super cool. Yeah, I, look, I think. Um, Matt, I hope you'll come on the show again and, and, and we can oh, maybe elaborate into that conversation about why you guys breached Facebook standards because that's that's a pretty <laughs> um that's a pretty low bar. So so um, Yeah, that was, we weren't told what standards we breached. Right. Uh, or how we breached them. But But you we shut down one day. Was, yeah, group was shut down. Classic classic tech dystopia. So we've come back into a rebuild. It sounds. I was going to say we've come. It looks like we've we've re, we've joined in at the rebuild, which is an exciting which is an exciting place to be. Um, and uh, yeah, look, I, yeah, we'd love to talk more beer with you and and, and have this discussion as a more regular thing. W- one thing that we and this isn't opportunism. It's just one thing we we realize and the reason why we we've started to get. You know why we came across the the community page and and why I got involved because purely because I've been Google searching and buying uh, craft beer and I start, <laughs> you know I, I suddenly started getting served all these posts from the craft um, craft beer crew community page and I you know I'm I'm really I'm not a huge Facebook you know fan and I don't I don't I don't use it too often but I actually have really enjoying seeing what what I love about the community is is the pictures they take. Um, there's particularly one yeah. guy, uh, Kevin Kosh. He he always puts up these beautiful shots of his of his drinks, and I love his descriptions. He says things like, "I don't know." He just makes me want to drink. He goes, "This is juicy, tropical, sweet, lush, juicy <laughs> juice." Or for some reason, he said something is <laughs> sleepy, and then he goes, "Let's deep fry some fish." I don't know what that means. I think someone said that a beer was chewable. It's I don't funny. know what that means. It's just all great. <laughs> and it just it, I don't know what it is, but it makes me want to drink it. So I love it. And I love I love well, the yeah. Well one thing guys, you're all based in Sydney, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So when this lockdown shit is over, I I would love for you guys to come over here and help me with my problem that I've got because I have severe FOMO. So okay. I buy shitloads of beer. Mm-hmm. I buy stupid beer. Mm-hmm. I need to help to get through it. Okay. But that, when that. I have a 750 mil bottle of uh, barrel aged stout, I'm not going to be sitting there drinking a 750 mil bottle of barrel aged stout by myself unless I want to be catatonic. <laughs> Sounds like oh a job God. for the fat team. <laughs> Phil, you up for it, bro? To the fat mobile. <laughs> 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 oh, that sounds epic. I mean, and that's and that's that's the thing. Like, I, I love that about the community. And you know, I'm sure you've probably been before, Matt. We, we Adam and I recently went to Wildflower in uh, Marrickville. Mm. Oh, yes. And that's just a whole another world. I mean, that's that's a different thing altogether, isn't it? It was about as far oh, away from my original impression of beer as a drink could get. The, the yeah, and when you talk to was... when you talk to Topher, uh, who's the guy that runs the place, he is so passionate about yeast. Mm. Um, it's called Wildflower because he's gotten the yeasts from wildflowers. And when he built the brewery, he sprayed the, all the walls of the brewery with with the first beer that he made, so that yeast would propagate in the air. Oh wow! Uh, he, wow. His beers are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, they they, they took us through a tasting which involved uh, some that had been smoke damaged, uh, and you could actually oh, yes. really taste the smoke coming through that. And it's like this is like. It's like when you go to a, a scotch tasting, you try a really, you know, amazingly peaty, oily 
scotch whiskey and you go oh my god the smokiness and everything and then you're finding this in a beer and it's just this is like nothing i even knew existed before going to white wildflower it was it was really incredible have you guys ever heard of gabs never no but i i'm gonna say that i have so you think i'm cooler yeah absolutely. <laughs> i'm a i'm a long time gabs veteran myself <laughs> yes it's the great australian beer spectacular uh, and what, what they do is they have beers brewed just for the event so right. the condition is they've never been tasted, they've never been sold outside. So you'll have a lot of breweries that are brewing weird out there beers that they're never planning on brewing again, um, but they're just testing the market or they just want to be out there. So you'll have a raspberry white chocolate pilsner mm. or a Musselman curry beer oh, uh, or a, a chili beer or there was one beer that was um, – it was a Vietnamese coffee, and they served it at the store with condensed milk, and it was absolutely oh wow, gorgeous. yeah, Great. amazing. Um, that actually sounds uh, but, incredible. So beers, it's almost Heston Blumenthal. Yeah, with yeah. All the you go, this is a beer, and you taste it. And it this does not taste like a beer. It tastes like one of the last games they had a purple pastel um, lifesaver one, and it tasted like lifesaver lollies. And it had the mouthfeel of Lifesaver Lollies. And you're like, how does this exist? <laughs> I really like that description that you've used a couple of times of like like beer has gone into a Heston Blumenthal mm. place. As in it's just it's pure experimentation. And I think the interesting thing about Gab's Festival, having been around for quite a while now, is that the bottle shop of today actually like reflects what Gab's was six, seven years ago. Right. Um, you know, when it first started was like all this really random experimental stuff that was relatively rare back then. Whereas now in the bottle shops, there's all manner of like, it's almost like they'll take it to Gab's and, and, and if it gets a lot of good reviews, they'll, you know, they'll can it yeah. and, uh, and yeah, start yeah. running it on the production line. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that was always characteristic for me of Gab's is um, 50% of the beers are like the most sublime random things you've ever tasted and 50% of them are absolute dog shit. Um, <laughs> and so it's like beer yeah. roulette. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of the beers you'll have and it'll say, uh, it, it says exactly what is, is on the can. It'll taste exactly what is, it is on the can. They've hit the spot, but just because it, like – Jurassic Park, just because they, sh they can doesn't mean they should. <laughs> exactly. Um, some tastings get, this is, uh, one Gabs, there was a blue cheese beer. Oh, no. Uh, and it was horrendous. Nice. However, yeah. the next year, they barrel aged it, and it tasted absolutely amazing. Really? Um, wow. That's uh, good old Bent spoke in, um, in Canberra. In Canberra. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I've been mm. there before. Um, I honestly, I get you know, I love that there was a Jurassic Park reference in there. I reckon they should have had, uh, they should have had, uh, what's his face, Jeff Goldblum uh, hosting Gabs. <laughs> Sell out, sold out within within seconds. Listen, that, uh, listen, we we are kicking on, so let's let's move on. But um, but I think there's more to be spoken here, uh, and yeah, can't wait to continue this on. If if, you, if you're happy to have us, Matt, we'd be happy to have you. Let's. Uh, Let's try and make this more regular. Um, let's go into let's ha let's have a little bit of fun. Let's count down. I'm not even gonna let's not even rank this beers. I think we all have enjoyed it. It's been a, a, a fascinating journey. I'm gonna reset. That means I'm gonna go downstairs, pick out another beer, and then let's come back <laughs> and uh, and let's count down our top three beers. I, I suppose I could have made it if you had to take three beers to a tropical island. Whatever. Um, let's talk about our top three beers. Let's go through those and uh, and continue the conversation. Boy now, baby, you are not loving no more. 
All right, continuing our conversation with Mr. Brown, uh, the, as I said, the El Presidente of the Craft Beer <laughs> Crew uh, Facebook community page, which uh, we're now massive fans on and, and now are uh, actively counting down to that 2000 member uh, rebuild and the partay. Um, we are now going to count down our, we keep these things pretty top level, uh, our top three beers of all time. Now, that's obviously very subjective, and I want to make a footnote with my three. What I've tried to do is is stay away from the whole craft beer movement of, of recent months and years. So these are beers for me that were quite influential in my journey, and um, Matt, to go back to what you were saying in our previous segment about, you know, when you had that first beer that sort of changed your view on what a beer could be, that's where I'm going to start with my number three, uh, which is the Bellevue Creek Lambic. Is it Lambitch or Lambic? I don't, I don't quite know how to pronounce it. It's Lambitch. It's Lambitch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's the Belgian beer. Um, we have talked about the Belgian Beer Cafe uh, on the podcast previously, which was such a mm. sort of defining place for us, particularly for Adam and I. Adam and I have been friends since school. And that was a place where suddenly there were beers from Europe, which was as craft as it got back in the the sort of late 90s. And um, I remember having this, you know, cherry, sort of sour cherry beer for the first time ever with my muscle pot Mm. and just going, holy shit, beer doesn't need to taste like ass all the time. It can actually, <laughs> it can actually have a bit of flavor. So for me, that was the, and, and, and you know, I was at university at the time, and and so spending, I think it was somewhere between ten and fifteen dollars on a beer, which don't get me wrong, is still expensive today. But back then, that was a real sort of a special treat. That was half your night. <laughs> That's yeah. half my night. But man, was it worth it? So I have to give respect <laughs> to it, uh, and you know, I, I, I just, I just loved it, and. It, it brings up a lot of memories, but it, it started the journey in in what you basically said before, Matt, which is shit. Beer can be different. I can taste the beer in this, yeah. and yet I'm tasting so much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, I've just gone pretty much uh, run of the mill some beers that uh, have been influential, not necessarily. And it's so hard; it's the hardest thing to pick your favorite beer exactly. You know, what's going to be my favorite beer yesterday is not going to be my favorite beer tomorrow. So I've I've kept it pretty. Pretty broad. So I'm going to start off my list with one of the first times I had beer that wasn't just the kind of beer you could get at a liquor store. And that was the Lord Nelson Hotel. And I'm bringing it back to the old Admiral uh, Dark Ale there. Now, this is one of the first pubs I remember visiting in Sydney with its own specialty range of beers. And uh, it very quickly became one of the staples for a a pub crawl through the rocks, particularly in uni days. And uh, the old Admiral Dark Ale was my go-to. And not just because, I think it was around 6%. It was the beefiest brew on the menu. Uh, I would find myself generally swinging between the old Admiral and the, the Three Sheets Pale Ale, which I think you can just get about just about anywhere these days. But for me, the old Admiral with this dark richness, it had this really heavy malt flavors. And yeah, it really did pack a wallop. It was always my favorite. So that's, that's my number three. Beautiful, beautiful. So, so I went down a similar road to you, T-Man, of, of beers that had a major impact in my life um, because when I looked at like what's my top three beers, like it, it, there's so many beers that I love. Where do you even begin? So I'm like, okay, what were the ones that had a big impact? And uh, I've got to start where it all began, um, which is uh, to his extra drive. Of course it is. <laughs> Tense. Um, so so um, when, I was, when I was a young boy, 
uh, my father uh, took, <laughs> took you into the me city. to a marching band. Uh, it took me into the city to see a marching band. Um, no, so so early days, you know, I'm 18, 19, and I'm not drinking beer. I'm on the bourbon and cokes wherever I go. I've got a sweet tooth a mile wide. I haven't learned how to drink beer. The only thing I've really tried is 4X, and that can go fuck itself. And um, I'm, I'm actually gearing up. I'm about nine months out from a Euro trip with a mate of mine, um, and he just, he just said to me, he goes, you – you cannot go to Europe without developing a taste for beer. Um, mm. You're just going to get laughed out of the fucking continent. And so he was headed off in a few months' time and he just said, basically, you have to build up your tolerance to beer drinking so that you can drink a carton at my going away party. <laughs> and so I was um, stuffing down beers that I was not enjoying for months to get trained up and then my mate and I actually split the carton <laughs> of Tui's Extra Dry at his going away party and I have never been so brutally hung over in my life. <laughs> I just had this, vi- um, I had this vision of Phil just absolutely in an absolute fuck. training regime, just you know doing push-ups and sit-ups while, while his friend is just <laughs> drip-feeding him um, Tui's Extra Dry. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Another! Another! I remember the Extra Dry's, the Platinum Packs, you know, there was eight beers in the pack we used to call them the drunk pack yes because you know yeah. you'd, you know you get a six pack and you go eh, no nah, i feel okay but you get the eight pack and i think the platinums also had a little bit higher so alcohol oh, percentage yeah. in yeah, them. six percent and yeah and so suddenly you get to the end of that and you were fucked like you you it was one of those it was like a, absolutely a jack daniels kind of night you could wake up anywhere <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and the thing is, in that era of my life being 18, 19, I used to do this ridiculous thing where I'd go to go, I'd go to this mate's place and, and get wasted every weekend. And mm. I'd wake up at about eight o'clock the next morning and jog to McDonald's about six blocks <laughs> away because it was a good way to just sweat the hangover out. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is ridiculous, but at that age, oh, you to be eighteen it. again. And this this was the first time I was so hungover I actually couldn't move. I guarantee you, Phil's, <laughs> Phil's done this recently, bro. Uh, great, great pick, Phil. That's awesome. Um, all right, Matt, make us look so much. Make us look worse than what I feel like. Make us look foolish. <laughs> okay, so I'll start off with a small beer. So this is my supposed number three. Uh, there's a beer in um, Anchorage, Alaska, called Anchorage. Uh, not a beer, a brewery. And what's happened is they released this beer called A Deal with the Devil. Uh, they have multiple versions of it. And what happens is they're releasing it only into America. And the Americans were selling it onto the market to Australia and other countries for shitloads of money. Yeah. Um, like thousands of dollars and people were buying them. So Anchorage was starting to get a bit pissed off at this. They released a triple barrel-aged edition of The Deal with the Devil. So it's... Um, it's 12 months in cognac, 10 months in cognac barrels, 12 months in Woodford double oak barrels, oh, and then five months in Buffalo Trace oh. barrels, and it's 17% alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's $200 mm-hmm. a bottle, and it was 200. released the first, yep, and it was released to China and Australia only in 2018. Wow. It was absolutely amazing to try. Wow. Oh, yeah. Just paint us, um, us a word picture, bro. Um, Oak, darkness, <laughs> depth, um, yeah, it, intensity, um, but smoothness at the same time. Oh, now, uh, this has got an ABV of 17.3%. Yes. Am I looking at the right one? Okay, good. That's it, mate. <laughs> I, I, I wow. love this. Sing us a song about it, bro. Hello, darkness, <laughs> my old friend. <laughs> uh, uh, and I just love it as my number three because it was just an FU 
to uh, 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 there's a group of people out there that just have insane markups. Yeah. So you could get any beer, but you could you have to pay through the nose for it. Mm. Uh, and that's not what this beer should be. A two hundred dollars a bottle is a lot of money, but that's the cost price for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That that is um, your you if you. If anyone had just jumped onto this podcast and was wondering, wait, who, which is the actual guy who's the the founder of the craft <laughs> the beer, beer expert? Yeah, um, you've just you've just uh, you've just established that. Um, I, I'll say probably I don't know. I, I guess the only thing I can think of is that in the closest thing I've come to understanding and the ability to describe something like this is is wildflower. Simply because it it's it is so different. Or maybe maybe the the stockade imperial stout that I had, which was again, very, very different. And as I said, when I, I left the glass on a table, um, like this very table that I'm recording the podcast at, and in the morning I came to clear it out and it, and it smelt like a, um, a, a, a glass of port had, had been left out. You I know? thought you were going to say the glass was gone. <laughs> it <laughs> it just dissolved. eaten through the glass, <laughs> eaten through the table. <laughs> very good. All right. What's your that's a great choice matt oh my god i i don't know my number two is so fucking polar opposite to what matt just said it's embarrassing yeah, and then mine too let's just get them out of the way really quickly because i'm embarrassed okay. go on so my number two <laughs> I can't, I, it's gonna be hard to come out of my lips but my number two is pick you take your pick of either bud cause or miller light and the reason oh, why yeah. the reason why is because your ball game beers. I have spent a lot of time in the USA now for work yep. and for pleasure, and oh, yes. I have spent a lot of time day drinking in America. And for mm. me, oh yes, because and and Matt, you'll understand this. You know, in Australia, when mm-hmm. we say a light beer, we talk about alcohol content. In America, they were doing these light beers, which meant calories, not alcohol content. Yeah. So you could drink this stuff, which was pretty much like beer-flavored water, as Phil said in our previous segment. But you could actually sit and drink, or you know, party and drink probably a case of these, you know, get pretty smashed, and in the morning feel pretty okay. So <laughs> we never had anything, and I still don't think we've got it right. I still don't think we've got anything like that in Australia. We've got, you know, we do have now our our whatever they're called, the pure blondes and all that kind of stuff. But it's still not oh, the low carb ones. Yeah, ones okay. But it's not it's not the same as what they make in America. And and again, I'm prefacing this with the fact that I'm now a craft beer crew guy. Yeah, and you're an efficient But in terms of like, you know, I could I couldn't do a day session where I'm just drinking new or um, VB or whatnot. I I really struggle with that. But I could quite easily mm. do a day session when I'm just downing Bud Lights. And for me, that is a big deal for a lot of the experiences I've had with even you, Phil and Adam, in the US before. So yep. uh, so had respect to the big and, long nights and days. Like we've actually we've actually talked about this before where you know I talked about how I love American coffee because it's so it's it tastes like you know fried camel's dick but it's so <laughs> unpretentious that you know you sit there at your Denny's and they'll re- refill it three times and it doesn't taste 100%. very good but you can drink like 4 liters of it it's the same with this bullshit beer over there it's awful but 
it's great at the same yeah, time. Yeah. For some reason, there's something going on there. It's like, it's kind of, maybe it's because it defines the fact that I'm on holiday because I would never buy this at home unless it was on maybe Super Bowl day. But uh, yeah, there's something about it. I like it. Well done. Absolutely. Absolutely, Adzo. Who doesn't like an unpretentious fried camel stick? <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, is that a, is that a, what, Matt, what do you think? Is that a terrible choice? Or do you, is there any part of you that. No, not at all, that? mate. Absolutely. Like, everyone's flight tastes and stuff are different. For for someone to go, hey, that's a bad beer, your tastes are wrong, just yeah. makes craft beer people pretentious wankers. Yep. yep. So anyone who's listening so to this welcome. who says that, go fuck yourself. That's exactly what Matt was yeah. trying to say. Um, all right. Stop alienating our entire <laughs> listenership. Uh, but um, wandering wandering around the streets of New Orleans with a one-litre can of, of Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> a Pabs uh, Blue Ribbon. It's, it's, it's got as, some eyeballs. It's honestly that was the moment my life peaked. So I hear. You, <laughs> I feel we we were there together, it. bro, and that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> oh yes, ads man. So my one's a bit of a newer edition, uh, but I do find myself just still going back to it and back to it and back to it, and which is why it's made the list this time. This is why the list is an evolving masterpiece. Now I'm talking, of course, about Captain Sensible, the Bolter beer. It's just a cracker of a full-flavor, mid-strength beer. A lot of malt, a lot of hops. Really easy to keep an eye on your limits, though. This is why I think I always go back. So if I'm going over to a mate's house for the for the night and I want to keep an eye on things, I grab myself a four-pack of these and I know I'm getting exactly four drinks out of it and I can stagger it accordingly without it tasting like nothing at all. I really like the flavor. I really like the fact that it can, uh, it can still come in with a really good taste despite being a, a, a lower alcoholic beer. Couldn't go past a Captain Sensible. I just keep coming back. So that's Adam's choice. And his context is there. It's a beer that allows him to, as legally as he can, drive home. <laughs> <laughs> My next uh, iconic beer of a, of a lifetime is a bit of a niche one. So um, after that time of the two is extra, I did, in fact, go to Europe. And uh, I got there and I started drinking European beers. And I'm like, why didn't I just do this the whole time? Because these are delicious. Um, but having you know, drunk a case of Tui's Extra Dry before I left that I'd set the benchmark nice and low. Uh, but the pub I worked at when I lived in London was a Samuel Smith's pub. And these guys might be the original craft brewers. Uh, so Samuel Smith's brew house is a brewery in Yorkshire that owns about 40 pubs in the UK. And at the time, the all of those 40 pubs only stocked their own beers. Oh, yeah. so I was working in central London in a Samuel Smith's pub that only serves Samuel Smith's. And so um, aside from the fact that every time I was serving at the bar, one in three customers would come in and say, hey, uh, can, I get, can, I get a, uh, can I get a Heineken bruv? And I'm <laughs> like, this is a Samuel Smith's pub. We only have Samuel Smith's beers. The closest equivalent to that is our Alpine lager. I can get you that if you want. And they look around. They're like, oh, shit. Okay. How about a Stella? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to start again. We serve only our own beers, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he's like, oh, so like an old hen then? And, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, after God, I'm done, yeah. after I was done punching that person in the face, uh, I would wash that feeling down with a Samuel Smith Pure Brew, uh, which was a truly excellent beer, um, a Pure Brew organic lager at the uh, uh, at the Samuel Smith's pubs. Yeah. And this is this is more than 10 years ago, but that thing would just go down so easy. It was a, it was a 5%er, so it was pretty strong. 
but but not too much. Mm. Um, and it was always served in a tall glass, so you felt extra classy. Um, <laughs> so this was this was a good time. And uh, given that every night when we wrapped up, we we'd we'd have a beer in the in the top bar after work. I've I've probably drunk more of that beer than almost anything else in my entire life. So <laughs> shout out were to Samuel served, Smith. Were they served warm? Like, no, mate. You know. No, no, no. But they, 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 they had a, uh, they had a bitter, the Samuel Smith bitter mm. that was served yeah. from barrels in the pool, pool leaders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was yeah. That, that was warm. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, you're number two. You may notice in craft, there's a lot of people that are really, really passionate. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, there are some brewers that are insanely passionate. And when, every time I, uh, there's a beer festival called Gabs. I fly down to Melbourne to go to the beer festival in Melbourne, uh, and I always catch up with a brewer of Hawkers called Marzen Hazar. He is one of the most passionate people you would have ever met. I do um, love a Hawkers. He too. loves his beer. Um, and one day I remember going to Gabs. You know, Matt, 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 come here, come here. Drink this, drink this. I went, okay, what is it? And I had it, and it was an Aquavit barrel aged wheat wine. Right. So, it and it just tasted. Beautiful, and I went. Oh, mate, this is great. Can I have another? Went, yeah, yeah, have another. I went, hey, this is so special. He goes, Would you believe it's thirteen percent alcohol? <laughs> I was just like, Uh oh. When you're about to go to a beer festival, that is not the beer to start with. <laughs> Sucker. What was the what, what? What? Sorry, what did you say originally, Matt? An aqua aquavit? Was that what you said? Aquavit. So aquavit barrel aged wheat wine. I don't know what aquavit actually yeah. is. I think it's used in tequila or something. Okay. Um, uh, but he's done a few of them. So there's a uh, blood orange flavored one. Mm. Um, I think I don't know if he's done a coffee one. Um, he did them back in 2018, so they're hard to get now. However, with COVID, he's actually released them all on his webpage, so you can oh, still great. order them. So they're 18 bucks a pop. Um, so they're not cheap, but they're really, really nice. So Aquavit is a distilled spirit. From Scandinavia, so basically, oh, okay. it was a beer laced with a with 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 alcohol, with a, with a spirit. So he was basically yes. drugging you. What was Pretty that much. thing you said? You drop a, a, a shot in was like a depth yeah, charge. Uh, or yeah, depth yeah. Charge? Uh, yeah, yeah. A shot of no, no, or no, no, no. Beer no. Uh, Irish car bomb uh, was a uh, it was a shot of um, Police, was it? Uh, the licoricey one, a uh, Jägermeister. Into oh, a, right, okay. uh, I want to say, was it a, a Guinness maybe oh, Christ, or something okay. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but man, did you do that at pubs? I mean, I love my Jaegers. I had a, a lot of Jaeger bombs, but that's just, no. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> sounds like getting a hangover you had earlier. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, oh man, that's uh, that sounds pretty good too, but I love it. I love how you're, you're showing us up, Matt. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. To show us what everything that we're doing wrong. <laughs> You're doing nothing wrong. We just have different tastes, and I just spend stupid money on beer. I that don't ever. No, see, that's where I'm going to correct you. That's not stupid money. You're just spending money on beer. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my number one. I'm bringing it home. By the way, thanks. Shout out to uh, to my man Phil, who um, in our beer swap last night dropped off a uh, batch coffee milk stout, which I'm having as my dessert beer oh, tonight. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so thank you. That's my. Uh, it's a good time, right? Uh, look, listen. As we've we've said before, um, uh, Matt, any beer that has less than two standard drinks in it, you're actually getting sober as you drink it. Uh, so this is a. I think it's a one point three. So I'm definitely feeling a bit sober. 
Um, but I'm still enjoying every minute of it, and it's got a bit of coffee in it to wake me up. Um, look, so my number one is uh, is is a uh, more mainstream, uh, but it's the uh, wheat beer spiced with coriander and orange peel. That is Belgium's Ho Garden. It was oh, yeah. yeah, it was the beer that I loved growing up. And to be honest with you, it's a, you always loved your yeah. Ho Garden. I remember Ho Gardens are delicious. They are delicious, yeah. and you know what? When I still, if I have a, 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 a kid's birthday party, one of one of my kids, <laughs> when I have one of my kids' <laughs> yeah. birthday parties or so on, I usually buy a case or two of Ho Garden for for guests to enjoy. Uh, not the kids, obviously, uh, the parents. Sure. Um, mm. and you know, when we would, it also was the, it was the cheaper option. I think why I really also got into it, it was the cheaper option. When you went to the Belgian beer cafe, you could get your Bellevue for like $14 yeah. or you could get a hoe garden for like seven. You're like, this is, this yeah. is pretty tasty. It's pretty drinkable. I can drink quite a few of these. It's no question there. Yeah. When you're 19 years old, it's not exactly money or the box. <laughs> it's like I've got a very limited amount of funds in my pocket. I'm, I'm getting the cheap option. Exactly. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a new. Uh, it's not a Bellevue, but it's somewhere in the middle. Um, but I still think it. Yeah. It looks great. Uh, the 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 bottle. It's just it, the design is beautiful, but the flavor is great. Um, and again, it it's probably that. Man, this is a beer. This this actually tastes really nice. I can taste the beer in it, but there's something different here. And um, it was yeah. Ho Garden, and and, and I'll, I'll I'll always remain loyal to it. So respect respect to the people of Ho Garden, which is a, which is a town in Belgium. Respect to them uh, for creating this nice. delicious wheat beer. No, I probably could have guessed that one, and I'm sure you could probably guess my number one uh, because it's it's a beer that comes with some history. Um, I got hooked on this stuff when I was playing hockey in the UK one summer break when I was around 18 years old. Uh, now, with not much experience with beer, save for some Carlton Colds to his Reds VBs, this one was my eye-opener, and I'm talking about Boddington's, Boddington's Pub yeah. Ale. Creamy, smooth, delicious. I remember drinking it nonstop the entire trip. I even brought a four-pack back in my luggage after the trip, thinking that it was just one of those things you could only find in the UK, only to discover that it was widely available in Australia as well. Now, I don't know if it's considered anything special. I don't know if uh, if people turn their noses up, noses up at it, but I got to say, ever since I, you know, I always pick out a four-pack when I see it if I'm at Dan Murphy's, and I honestly thought things would be like that forever but seems now it's gone uh it's the last <laughs> few years they were they were bought up and shipped out so i'm on the rebound at the moment and i'm ready for any thick creamy suggestions you might have <laughs> i'm not touching that oh, one I feel <laughs> I'm not touching it. so so um I'm not i did have a line too obvious. i did have a line in here that you know you know how like at the oscars they do that you know in memoriam uh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like we should probably do an in memoriam and, and pay respect to Buddington. So, uh, Matt, I don't, I don't know if you've had this beer before, but um, it discontinued in uh, 2012, sadly. But don't think I have. It, it was this uh, this bitter that you would pour. So it had a weird metal. It had a thing in the can. What was the thing in the can, Adam? It was like a. Uh, it was. A, I don't. I called it the clunker because when you when it was emptied and you shook it, it clunk. I think Kilkenny's got one. It's just a little uh, metal ball bearing or something that uh, helps. I don't know, maintain its perspicacity. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It's a flux. The can comes with a flux capacitor and um, <laughs> and you'd pour it. And this thing, like you could, the, the, the line between the beer and the head 
you could seriously. Oh, you could you could shave with that line. Yeah. You could shave with it. It was it was. Was it, was it so nitro? Or? No, was it like this wasn't. This wasn't. I mean, listen, nitro is, is something I've only found out about in the last six months. This I'm talking when 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 we're talking Boddingtons, we're talking back circa 2000 and six or seven i was drinking this with you in sydney as so apparently it's called a it's always been nitro. just a hollow spherical piece of plastic um yeah it, it is actually for nitro yeah during the canning process brewers add pressurized nitrogen to the brew which trickles into the hole along with a little bit of beer uh who would have thought the guy that runs the craft beer club online would have gotten that okay. one right yeah, just, okay i'll yeah. shut up now yeah. Because that's that little thing that's in the cans called a yeah. widget, and um, yeah. I think only Guinness are licensed to use it. Um, which is why when you buy a craft beer with uh, nitro, you don't get a little thing in the can because it's not allowed. So why you have to pour it into a glass, or you know, it comes with a, a set of instructions as to how to actually get yeah, the beer out, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if you just pour it like a normal beer, it's flat; it has no carbonation at all. Um, you got to do a whole little um, pour it vigorously upside down. I'm sure we've had a bunch of nitros as part of the hold my beer section, which we've just slugged straight out of the can. So apparently we were doing, we were doing that wrong. Well, <laughs> no, the can worked fine. <laughs> oh, okay, that's okay. We fucked it the first time. We we had a we had a one drop and um and yeah, it it actually actually it actually did pour pretty flat. Yeah, apparently if you pour it, if you pour it right, it doesn't taste like toilet duck. So you know, <laughs> next time we know. And and honestly, normally Adzo doesn't need any encouragement to shake things vigorously. Phil, what's <laughs> Phil? What's your number one? <laughs> there it is, there it is, there it is. So just a note on Adzo's love of Boddingtons, which yeah. I think almost a decade on is is just truly impressive. And one of the things that um, you boys probably don't know about the work that I do as a as a shamanic practitioner is that one part of of working in that space is helping people to come to terms with issues in their ancestral line and often mm. letting go of things that their ancestors couldn't let go of. So I like to think that many generations from now, you know, the 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 son of the the, the you know the 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 my great great grandson will be working with Adzo's great great grandson on how to let go of Boddingtons um, <laughs> and and release that attachment from the ancestors. Not that line. easy, mate. It's going to be need to be one of those eternal sunshine of the spotless mind <laughs> situations where they actually dig into my brain and delete the memory. Exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot lot of unrequited love now. It's just there's no replacement. Oh, I didn't realize that you'd seen that movie. Now you know what I do. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so so my number one um, going on this sequence of like iconic things, and and when I really look back, it was that formative era of of being in Europe and and living in London and whatnot. And one of my number one isn't a beer at all. In fact, it's Magnus. Um, Magnus Irish cider changed my life. In oh, Mag- yeah, I've had, I've had Magnus. Yeah, it's a bloody good cider. Uh, it yeah. just blew my fucking mind how delicious that thing was. And then I got back to Australia and it was like really like you had to go hunting for that one bottle shop in all of Brisbane that was importing <laughs> it kind of deal because uh, these things were, were, were hard to get a hold of. Mm. But like that thing over ice in an Australian summer was just like I, I for years yeah. it was my favorite thing in the world. And so, yeah, that's fantastic um, kind of thing. So for me, historically, that was that was that was huge. It was huge, and I've got a deep love of Magnus to this day for that reason. Um, Bulmers is no uh, no substitute. And no, but it used uh, to be just those. You'd always see the Magnus and the Bulmers in the uh, in the fridge together, and uh, yeah, I always went for the Magnus. Absolutely, drop. 
Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. So, um, and and to go to a real beer, just to just to round it out, given that this was a craft beer chat. If I'm if I'm Supposed going with if I'm going <laughs> yeah. with a craft, thanks thanks for bringing in cider, Phil. Yeah, one hundred percent. If I if I'm going with a craft beer, it's the Firestone Walker Oatmeal Stout, uh, which I had in California. Yeah. Um, and my word, I just you know, I, and I talked about this one the other day with you with you boys that uh, I went to a restaurant in uh, in in SoCal they had this beer over ice cream as a kind of affogato style. Oh, you mentioned it. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, just like it's the definition of strap in, like so good. (laughs) Yeah, he was pretty ecstatic. I'm pretty sure that's where the where the uh, where the fat team strap line came from. I'm pretty sure mm. that's the first time that I uttered the word strap in was when I was uh, <laughs> when I was hoeing into that one. So that, was the uh, you know, it's, of that it. one, <laughs> yeah. it's iconic. It's an iconic moment for me. So uh, well, I'm tip just of that, googling tip of that. it now. It's the Velvet Merlin Oatmeal Stout. Oh, yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? What a great name! I don't think it was back then. This was many years ago. I'm pretty sure it was just a straight up Firestone Walker oatmeal stout. But I like it even better to think that it's now called <laughs> the Velvet Merlin because it was yeah. weaving some magic on my taste buds. I'll tell you that much. And there's a few bottle shops that I think may have one around, mate. What? Wow. There it is. What? Yeah, I'm looking now on, with the power of Google in uh, Oak Barrel, thirty-one bucks a bottle. Um, it's not called the Velvet Merlin. It's called the Velvet Merkin. Oh, Velvet Merkin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even better. Oh, my God. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, $32. And there it is. Yeah, I've got a few in the No, store, it's, but... a, it's on Notify Me. Well, we'll find it. Don't you worry about it. Uh, you know what? Uh, I actually know the uh, – I actually – I don't know. I don't need to brag, Phil, but I know the uh, the administrator of the Craft Beer Crew Facebook page. <laughs> so I'll put in a word for you, mate. As if I have any magic powers. <laughs> all right, magic power man, what's your number one? Bring it home. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, bring it home for so, all of us. Yep. This one doesn't have a huge story or anything to go doesn't with. doesn't need one. It's, so there's a brewery called Stone and Wood, and I say it's not a big yep. story and then go to a story. Uh, and Stone and Wood have done a – side brewery called Counterculture to do some of their weird shit. Hmm. They've released a beer called Tequila Queen, and I absolutely love it. Um, it's 7% alcohol. It's I'm just reading about it now. It's brewed with lime juice, lactobacillus, salt, quattro, and 50 litres of premium small batch tequila. Get out. Um, it is... Absolutely amazing. I'd buy a case in a, in a second if I could because it's only a small batch. Hmm. You may not be able to get it anymore. It's one of those beers on a hot summer's day. You could just smash down a case of it easily. Oh, yeah. um, but on a cold winter's night, you could sip away at it and go, wow, this just tastes. It's so easy to drink yet so complex at the same time. Oh. I love it to hmm. death. That looks um, gorgeous. They call it a oaked a oak aged margarita beer. Um, and what I love about we, Adam and I were actually in. We went to Stone and Wood uh, last year um, when we were up at Byron Bay. We sampled. Uh, what was cool about being there was they had a few like just you know on site beers, but never heard of counterculture before. And I'm just looking through um, my encyclopedia here, which I call, as you said, Google. And uh, that looks amazing. I, it doesn't look like it is available for sale at the moment, but you know it would be great to give that a, a tinker uh, when it. Hopefully, they make it again. 
Yeah, they've brewed it twice. Um, uh, they had a, a vote on which favourite counterculture beer do you want voted, and it was uh, there was a Mango Nipa and this Tequila Queen were the two winners to get brewed a second time. And I, unfortunately, it sold out in like 15 minutes. Yes, the uh, counterculture all-stars, the sticky, yes. looks like a sticky nectar, hazy mango, Ipa, and uh, and the Tequila Queen. Um, but the Tequila Queen, I would, if I was on a desert island, I would just like that beer. Uh, any situation, that beer is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, all sold out, unfortunately. So let's keep uh, let's keep our eye on the prize, and um, anytime anyone sees it, let's all just band together and buy it all. <laughs> And then sell it at inflated prices online, because that's how you make a that's how you make a good buck. That's the way. Let's Doge, let's Dogecoin this thing. I would love to, and I would love to have you guys over to crack open some of the weird shit that I've got buried under the stairs. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Um, I do hope that you have a that you are a regular guest. I'd love to. There's so much more conversation to be had here. I am actually. I was planning an event in September where I was getting a few breweries to do collaborations with. Strap in, uh, and then we're hiring out a venue in September and having the beers on tap there. But that's been postponed until um, our fearless premiers decide to let us. And also, when coronavirus, <laughs> we you just say TBA, <laughs> yeah, TBA. Until everyone has had the chance to be vaccinated or whatever, whichever path you want to go down, but whatever. Till then, just let's just keep going out and punching horses because that's what we do, and uh, and let's uh, let's keep drinking. And look, at the end of the day, we are we are in lockdown, but we are in this together. And at the end of the day, uh, you can help lighten the load by just you know cracking open you know even just one drink every night or so. And just enjoying the flavors because that's what's so beautiful about this craft beer movement. It is fun um, and it's great to be part of the community. And thank you so much for joining us and, and for giving us your time. And also, definitely support your local shops if you can, like your little bottle shops because they're quite struggling at the moment. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure, guys, and I look forward to being back on again. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Great chatting with you, brother. Thanks for coming. Thanks, guys.